You're listening to episode number 18 of the Healthy Essentials Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mustard, your host, holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and doTERRA wellness advocate. I am a huge fan of essential oils, but we are setting all of that aside today because we are talking about love. Oh, guys, this is an episode that I have been super anxious to record because we are interviewing one of my favorite relationship coaches, Melissa Ledger. If you have never heard of this female powerhouse, Melissa is, uh, I can't, I can't put to words how incredible she is. She is one of the strongest, most confident and most intelligent females that I have had the pleasure of ever knowing. Um, she is brilliant in the sense of how she approaches her, how she approaches relationships. So she is the founder and the creator of Gumball Love, which is a business and it's more of actually like a community of, of women who are looking to stop playing games when it comes to their heart. <laughs> so Melissa is the founder of the Back to You Academy. It is an academy where it's all online, but you can essentially go through at your own pace. There are weekly calls with the girls and Melissa. You have access to her and you have access to private coaching sessions with Melissa, where she guides you through what to look for in avoiding guys. It's the gumball guy. It's the guy who gets the attention high. It's the guy who is just looking for the gumball so he can feel good about himself and then leaves. We're tucking into everything from personal stories to real life examples of gumball love in action and how you can avoid it, how you can find your soulmate and how you can have fulfilling relationships, not just love relationships, but also friendships and just relationships in general with people around you and make them incredible. So without further ado, I am thrilled to be interviewing my now good friend, Melissa Ledger, like I said, the creator of gumball love. You can find all of her contact details in the show notes below, but get ready for a juicy long extended episode. We chatted for 90 minutes. So get your notebooks out, get your pens, because these are some love tips you will want to note down. I'm ready. Welcome to the Healthy Essentials Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mustard, your host. Today, we're interviewing one of my favorite favorite ladies on the gram, uh, Melissa Ledger. She is the creator of Gumball Love, uh, a favorite podcast of mine that I have recently found. I think it's been about four or five months that I've been listening to you now. And I love every word. Uh, she has a killer radio voice, but even more importantly, she has a better message. So Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. And you're actually, you're calling in from, you're in New York, correct? Yes, I'm in New York City. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you have, a, you have a family farm or a cottage that you've been at a couple times this summer, but predominantly you're in New York? Yes, absolutely. I'm mostly 100% in New York City, So, but I'm, I'm from Nebraska originally, so oh I, when I go home, uh, I see family, and we, we do have a little cottage that we use for vacation sometimes, so yeah. yep, that's where I was in June, actually. That's, well, I remember seeing a couple, uh, couple of videos of you and your dog. Um, and running around yeah. and lots of grass. And I was like, that's not New York for sure. So, <laughs> that's for sure. Not New York. <laughs> and it's night and day too, because it's such a quiet city. And then New York is hustle and bustle and, and busy and lots of energy. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, uh, that's where you thrive. Right? Yes, absolutely. It's weird. You can grow up in the Midwest and realize energetically you're drawn to a completely different environment, which is, I will never understand, but a lot of people that move to New York or move to bigger cities will say that they always wanted to live in a city and it just uh, calls to you. So yeah, I feel very at home in New York. I always have felt at home in New York, even 
from the very beginning. So it just uh, is a city that gets into your heart. And every time that I see one of your Instagram stories, it's you're either in uh, the uh, what's the sorry, what's your park called? Oh, yes, Central Park. Central you mean? Park. Clearly, mm-hmm. I haven't traveled much mm-hmm. I'm in Canada. Uh, Central <laughs> Park or ballroom dancing. So there's so much good stuff that I want to get into in today's episode. But I want you to tell us a little bit about like who you are because you are a busy girl. You work full time. You are building Gumball Love, and you've been doing so for mm-hmm. what ten years now. From the very beginning, yes. So I was just a girl that went through a really bad breakup and it was a breakup that made me stop and look at everything and decide that I was going to make this dramatic decision to go to therapy because I just thought, oh my gosh, therapy, if I have to go to therapy, I must, you know, this must mean like this breakup means everything, you know, it was just so monumental and I, and I felt like going to therapy was my last resort. And I just laugh at that now because it was the best decision and provided so much clarity. And had I done that much sooner, I wouldn't have gotten to that point. But uh, so I just started going to therapy and I started really researching and going through my own, my own issues from childhood all the way through first boyfriends and just learning about relationships for the very first time in a way that I really never had learned about them. And to make a long story short, what I discovered is my perception of relationships and romance was put together largely from watching TV shows, fairy tales, and modern fairy tales or live action movies, not just cartoons, but the way that Hollywood portrays romance and the quote unquote happily ever after even in The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, we still hear people say, I want the fairy tale. Well, what is that fairy tale? And so we all have kind of our own idea, but in a lot of ways, it seems like you're not successful unless you have this perfect relationship. And so that perfect relationship often starts out pretty intense. It starts out with the eyes locking across the room. It starts out with an intense first date where you're saying really romantic things or things that like, I can't believe I've met you and you're so incredible. This is amazing. So I would have these experiences and I would think each time, oh, this must be what it is. This must be the one. And then when that guy who I thought was the one, and I always made sure I announced it to, you know, everyone. (laughs) And then, you know, that was like, Oh, wait, that guy that was the one is now like a complete jerk or he's not, you know, it was so embarrassing to think, oh, he's the one and hey, he's actually not returning my calls anymore or he's not texting back or he's, you know, being like he would ghost and then come back. And so I was reading all these books like he's just not that into you and why men love bitches and all of them, you <laughs> know, like all these two. things like trying to, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out like, okay. And I get this book and I think, okay, now really, this must be really the way. And then I just, it, so that was part of my process of just reading the books and going to therapy. And, and my therapist told me about the Gottman Institute. And I remember him saying these words and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I like never looked up the Gottman Institute (laughs) like an idiot. And had I done that, (laughs) he was trying to save me a lot of time because they really show what a real relationship looks like and the foundation of it and all of that. But I didn't discover Gottman and the foundation and all the friendship for a long time. So imagine this girl, you know, in her 
basically I was in my late twenties going to therapy for the first time, feeling lost, feeling like the guy that I had broken up with was, you know, what, what I had imagined my ideal. And, and I think a lot of people go through this too, where they, you have that one person, or maybe it's two people over if you've dated more, you've had different relationships and it's hard to imagine finding that combination in another person again. And so we get stuck on things like soulmates. And I, I mean, I've, I've been down every road. And so one day, just in a casual conversation, someone said, every time he puts in a quarter, you give him a gumball. Stop giving him gumballs. And I remember just stopping in my tracks going, hmm, that is weird. Like, what do you mean? Every time he puts in a quarter, you give him a gumball, like the gumball. And, and it was referencing this guy and this girl going through a divorce. And she was sitting in her lawyer's office and getting texts from her ex-husband. And he was arguing with her during their appointment. And he was kind of like, okay, I know you're arguing with your ex, but we really need to do what we're supposed to do in this meeting. But she kept showing him the text messages. And that's when he said to her, every time he puts in a quarter, you give him a gumball, stop giving him gumballs. And the gumball was referencing, obviously a gumball is a reward. So what is the reward in texting some, your ex, you're going, I was like, they're going through a divorce. Like, what's the gumball? What's the reward? So I started to realize that he was trying to get her attention, even though they were going through a divorce, even though he was already, he had already had a girlfriend. And so that comment from that, it's funny how this, all this comment came from a divorce lawyer, (laughs) but it was like, it bugged me. And never did I think in a million years that I would develop an entire relationship concept around that idea. But it didn't quite come together until the breakup that I was referencing earlier, that same guy called me for relationship (laughs) advice. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I can be friends with you, even though I'm just like dying inside. Like I want him to, I was like, please don't be in love. Please don't be in love. Please don't be in love. And he's like, well, I'm dating this new girl and, you know, I text her and she just doesn't text me back like you used to. It's like, remember we would text all day long and, you know, like even during the work days, we'd be texting all day and exchanging YouTube videos and, um, and songs and stuff. And we were just, you know, so excited about each other. Well, this girl wasn't doing that. And so I said, do you really like this girl or do you just want her to text you? And he goes, well, you know, I'm an attention whore. <laughs> and Lindsay, I don't know what it was. Like, this is just God's gift to me to help all these women. Because when I heard that, I thought, there's that gumball thing again. You want the gumball in the beginning. And the girl in the lawyer's office wanted the gumball in the end. He wanted her attention. He was picking a fight so that she would give him attention. And in my ex-boyfriend's case, he was just trying to get her to text him because he liked that attention all day. And I was thinking, huh, in the beginning or the end, they still want this gumball. So what does that mean? And I just started diving in and I wish I could tell you it was some, you know, really amazing Hollywood story of how the whole idea came together. But it was really a period of me just sitting in my two bedroom condo with post-it size sticky notes, writing this out. And I kept thinking, okay, so if he wants attention, did he, does he want love? Like when I, I started thinking back through relationships and basically longer story longer, as my friend Stacy would say, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> the concept was born just out of all of that research and going back and forth. And what I discovered to put it all together is that some, some men are simply attention seeking and they get high off of all of those sugar highs. And some men are actually seeking real connection and they can develop a real bond. So our job is to be able to decipher whether we are experiencing infatuation that's going to turn into love or if we're experiencing gumball love where they're high off of the dopamine rush from the attention that we all get in the very beginning of a relationship. So are you excited about me or are you excited about me excited about you? And once we make that differential in our mind, we can observe behavior and see that difference. Then we'll know even if he's the hottest guy ever with the most amazing blue eyes and luscious lips and he's the best kisser. <laughs> if you can see him getting high off of attention and you're like, oh, this guy isn't really connecting. He's really not listening to me. Then you'll know, okay, this is one I have to walk away from because those kinds of people are not able to build lasting connection that goes over the long-term marriage, kids, yeah. et cetera. Oh, Melissa, you have a way of just explaining big concepts and, and things that can be confusing to people who are trying to figure out what a healthy relationship looks like with analogies and stories. And it's just, it's the way that you summarize it. I, as soon as you say gumball love, I'm like, you give him a quarter, like give him the gumball, right? And then he kind of pieces out. He's like, got what I want. Yep. Don't really need you anymore. I'll come back around. I need my next sugar high on the next hit. And like, you're basically a drug dealer. <laughs> you're like, here you go. Here you go. And you come back. So Oh, yeah. And I, there's so many questions that I want to ask you yeah. right now, but I think gumball love, it's been so, uh, it's been such a crucial part for so many females because your, your essential, um, that's the word that I'm looking for. Your community is predominantly female based, is it not? Yeah. You get a couple yes. guys here and there, like the mm -hmm. good ones. Right. Um, but, but females, sure, yeah. that's what I love most about your tribe because it's all females who are looking to make meaningful connections and they're not looking to play games. And I, I found there's so many people on the internet and I'm not going to name any names, but there's lots of those play games, get what you want, four texts to send a guy to get him to stick around. And it bothered me because I would look mm -hmm. at it and I'm like, I don't want to play games. I don't want to, you know, joke around. I don't want to try to drag guys along that I know are not going to be marriage material and kid material in the future. But there's so much mm -hmm. other good content that you mentioned about fairy tales as well. And I think that that's a, a driver for a lot of people as we've grown up watching like the Cinderella story and we've watched all the Hallmark movies and we see it being this, this big romantic gesture and this nothing but perfectness all wrapped in one. And then we're like, well, why can't we mm -hmm. find that? So I guess if you right. had to kind of unpack some of the biggest mistakes that people are making in their relationships now, and it could be what they're feeding into or what they're giving up in order to, to sacrifice, to find a relationship. And it might not be the best fit for them. What do you find that people are, the traps that people are falling into again and again, and the lessons that they continue having to learn until they finally get it and they realize that they're repeating habits over and over again. So one of the biggest themes that's coming up a lot uh, right now, and I've been podcasting a lot because I'm seeing the girls that are co going through my academy, my online course, is that the value of healing before your next relationship, the value of really understanding who you are and what you need and what's important to you before. And I think if I were to put in an even a smaller nutshell is 
look at the problems that people have inside of marriages, even marriages where there's no cheating. They're just two people that may want different things. I I follow a lot of different Facebook groups and blogs and things where they'll say, you know, at the end, in the end, we just wanted Mm -hmm. different things. And the problem with that is a lot of people don't know what they want before they go in. So they, we, we go into relationships with that fairy tale mindset. And we think if I meet somebody and I fall in love with them, then I'm going to ride off in the sunset. What is that sunset? They think they're just going to, you know, get a house and have kids and go on vacations. And they forget that the everyday life that they live is where the meat of the whole relationship is. And most people don't even know how to live their everyday life. Like they don't know how, like I'll say to girls, do you have any hobbies? And then they, they act like I'm asking them, you know, would you like to go get a root canal today? It's just like, ah, the hobby question. Like, I don't know what hobbies I have. And it's like, I know because we don't really, we're not really developing our own personality. It's like people, we go to high school, we go to college and then there's, you know, there's pressure and, and, and then we get jobs and we're working and, there's this pressure to pay the bills. And so we can get into these habits where we get up and we, we go to work and we come home. And so I, you know, I always tell girls like, okay, one shopping is not a hobby. Working out is not a hobby. You know, these are things we have to do for maintenance, like, and, and hanging out with friends is not a hobby. Like I'm talking about things that you're interested in, things that bring you alive, things that make you passionate, things that, you know, you stop and take a look at what are those things. And I remember thinking about this for the first time right around like 10 years ago. And had I, had I known how important it was then I would have, it's like, I, I knew the idea was important, but I didn't know how to put it in practice. It was like, I really need some hobbies. So I started kind of dabbling with my hobbies, but I didn't know how deep I needed to take it because it's not about having hobbies. It's about knowing what you're actually interested in, knowing what you want to do so that when you meet somebody, you know, if your lives are going to connect, you know that, okay, this is somebody that I can really communicate with. This is somebody that, um, like, I'll give you an example for me as I'm single. So if I, and, and I am so glad I didn't meet somebody in the beginning of this inception. Cause I never would have been able, I never would have been able to do what I'm doing today. Even had I met someone, sometimes I'd look at God and be like, really, you're going to make me do this concept without somebody. Because I thought that that was the, the, um, the symbol of success. Like, well, do you have somebody in your life? It's like, no, nope. having a significant other is not the symbol of your success in your life. The, the symbol of success in your life is being happily single, being able to conquer solitude, being able to push through the loneliness, because when you can do those things, you're an amazing partner. Your partner can say, Hey, I've got to go on this work trip for two weeks. And you're not like, what am I going to do for two weeks? I had a girl tell me, can you believe so-and-so husband? He went to this, he went to a game with the guys and left her at home with the kids for like three days. And I was looking at her like, okay, why is, I go, is she upset about it? Well, no, but can you believe he just went with the guys? I'm like, well, 
I doubt she wanted to go with the guys yeah. to the sporting thing. You know, I'm sure she's like, cool, staying home with the kids because for her and him, that works. And she's giving him the freedom to still explore the things that he loves to do. And they don't all, they don't always have to be together. So do you see how like there's this idea that we're attached at the hip? There's a, there's an idea that once you get married, you lose your identity. And a lot of times that's what happens. And so in, and if you don't end up married, let's say you just keep dating people a lot of girls are sitting around sad waiting for the next guy to respond to them on a dating app because they don't have anything else to do. And my podcast that just came out today addresses one of my girls went through that where she was like, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready and like, this is fun and exciting to get ready, but it's because I'm not, I'm not doing what I need to do for myself. I'm using this as my outlet because this almost like dating became a hobby but she's still really not being herself on the dates. She's not really being who she, it's like, can you show up at, cause she's an executive, a big executive at a huge company. We really talked through her job and I was like, you've never really explained your job this way. So you're, she's not, she's not showing up as that person on her date because gumball guys are intimidated by that kind of girl. So she's figured out a way to present herself. that's not even authentic. So it's like, figuring out who we are, figuring out like, who are you and what do you want? And if you don't know those things and look, I was, I was that person. I really didn't know what I wanted to be able to say, I am not going to date somebody that's not in my religion, you know, and be like, I'm sorry, if you're not in my religion, I'm going to turn you down. That's a pretty big thing. Cause it's like, Oh, but what if there's this cute guy that's in yeah. my, you know what I mean? Like, but you have to be like, no, I, I really, because the more specific you get, the better and the more, the easier it is to find people like the, the, the married people that are happy are the pickiest people you will meet. And, and that's the, it seems like it would be no, the opposite, no, it but it's, the truth. It's, it's no different than going into a uh, subway or to uh, a pizza place and telling them the exact sauce, the exact th- thickness you want of your crust uh, toppings and things like that. You order it very specifically. Mm-hmm. You don't say I'll take any guy that's over like six feet blonde hair, blue eyes, please. Right. He could be a total dud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I actually had to pull a yeah. piece of paper to write down notes because you mentioned so many golden nuggets that I want to tuck into. But I think one of the cool things that I like about both of our businesses is they're predominantly females, but we're also getting girls who, like I, I have a lot of single ladies that I coach and it's because they either went through a breakup or you know now they're spending some time on themselves and they typically find that they're looking to healthify. So they're looking to start working out, start eating healthy. They're starting to make, you know, their own, their own meals and learn how to cook and learn how to spend time by themselves. And one of the things we talk on is relationships mm-hmm. and your relationship with yourself. And I try to talk to them about setting boundaries. And especially now that they're starting to get back into the dating world, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of them making is they make themselves too available in the sense of they will hold out on making plans with anyone else or they'll keep or they'll stay at home every night waiting to be asked out. And I'm like, you need to go out and take yourself on dates. You need to go and plan things with your friends. There's stuff that you need to do to fill your time to make sure that you have those elements of self-care. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to make you, this mm-hmm. is just make you chuckle a little bit. So I'm, uh, I live in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, <laughs> and uh, my parents are in Kitchener-Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest gumball guys that I've ever had the, uh, not even pleasure of being with, but the opportunity to learn from, I guess, uh, <laughs> he was in uh, Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up extending my trip home for Christmas by two and a half weeks, just in case he asked me out. It was pathetic. <sighs> I work in Ottawa. It was pathetic. So got to spend some great time mm-hmm. with family, but then I laughed even harder when he texted me and he's like, well, 
I meant to text you to hang out, but, but then you just left. And I was like, oh man. So I, I chuckled at that and I thought you would too. Um, but the other thing I found. <laughs> Wait, you stayed the whole two and a half weeks and yeah. you still thought you left early? Gum. Gum. The worst part is I have to see him at school, but it's fine. He's almost out. Um, but yes, gumball guy and hard, hard lessons learned. Um, the other thing I wrote down mm-hmm. was, uh, this is something that I, I find too with, with girls that I'm coaching, I get to see them when they go through the starts of relationships and when they start to date. And usually on their check-in calls, they're like, oh, I haven't really been cooking that much. We've been going out to a lot of dinners or, you know, we've been spending a lot of time with his interests. And uh, I remember distinctly because I've, I've only been in one serious relationship. I'm 21. And my very first guy that I was with, I was 18. And we, we went fast, super fast, moved in together, leased a brand new condo. And we were broken up within nine months. Like it was awful. Um, and one of the mm. things that I found, I can look back now and I shake my head is I, lo- I had no hobbies or interests of myself. And uh, with him, mm-hmm. I'm, my passion is nutrition and health. And I remember staying out till 3 a.m. most nights or some nights uh, playing poker. I remember we were drinking a lot. We were eating really crappy food. And to make matters worse, I even went winter camping just to like be around so I wasn't left out or to make, again, sacrifices that I don't like winter camping. But it was just to, again, give up time mm-hmm. to make these sacrifices <laughs> for him. So I guess what do you start to see in your clients and females, especially when they're entering into new relationships, what do you see as the first thing to go? And like, what are some of the things that you're looking or what are you, what are you looking to teach women to make sure that they have these kind of set in stone for themselves that when they do enter a relationship, they're entering it with self-care um, and themselves in mind. So the ideal is to, develop a lifestyle like I would say one if you're thinking about the boundaries that you have set up to prevent yourself from meeting the wrong guy you're probably dating too early if you have to really consciously think about it like you want to you want your lifestyle your the way you eat the way you work out the the hobbies that you have the friends the kinds of networks the the trajectory that your life is going you want that to be so second nature to you that the idea of stopping that is out of the question so if you've just started eating healthy and you've just started working out you've just started a practice of self-care you know self-care really shouldn't be like a thing that we do it should be the lifestyle that we have and it takes some time to put that into practice you know what I mean it takes a while because it's not like you know I'm really gonna make it make sure I'm really gonna try to brush my teeth every day and I'm like working toward it yeah. and so we just do it because it's gross if we don't and it's like and then you know I'm really gonna try to you know take showers it needs to be that ingrained where you're going to eat healthy. And when you, when we, when you veer off of it, you know, you know how to, you know, nobody's perfect. Right. But it's, you're not going to start dating some guy and it's going to derail you. It means, um, and, and this is, it's so weird that this theme keeps coming up because I was talking to a client and I was looking for this word, like, what is the word? And mm-hmm. it's rooted that you need to be rooted in your habits and rooted in your systems so that, if some guy comes in and you do fall for him, that you are going to be rooted enough in your habits and your, um, and your lifestyle that 
it, one storm that comes through or one bad relationship, it's not, it's not going to be able to rock you because you're going to, you're going to see those signs much faster. Actually, you won't even give time to a bad relationship once you've done the work on yourself and you have, um, established those right habits. Sorry, I'm going off in no, too no. many tangents here, but I think we have to be, we have to be rooted first. So, and but at the same time, I don't want you to feel like you have to be so perfect either. Um, you're only 21. So if your girls are, do you feel like if the girls listening to you are around your age or do you have um, all ages? I have a mix. So I have most, actually most of my clients and uh, my client, my community is older than me, which is great because if I was coaching a lot of 16 year olds, okay. I'd be like, mm, probably not the best niche to be in. Uh, but no, they typically range, they're usually getting out of university. So they're anywhere between like 22, 24, and then they range upwards to about mid forties. Okay. So, you know, one thing I used to think with girls that are younger, like in their early twenties, is that you need all this dating experience and you need to really live your life. And, and to a certain extent, that's true. But I know of a lot of young girls that have met guys early in life and they are tremendous guys. They, they, they are able to grow with them. And so I think that you want to find a guy who's also eating right, working out and has those habits. We, we need to be finding people that also respect themselves and respect their body. Because if I'm trying to this, I used to be, I'm just going to use me. I used to try to put these habits in place, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stick with it. Why? Because I didn't respect myself enough. I was willing to damage my body. And I really had a revelation like, wow, I'm willing to put bad food in my body and then not work out and put my health on the line for what, you know, sometimes there wasn't even a guy involved. It's just that I didn't have the respect for my body yet. And it comes from low self-esteem, right? Not putting yourself at a high enough priority. But what's really motivating is that other people that do place their body and their health at a high priority can tell and notice people that don't very easily. And they aren't drawn to that because it's not congruent with how they live their lifestyle. And so I think we need to imagine like, who is it that I want to be with ultimately what kind of, and not that we need to be creating this fictitious ideal man, but almost like what kind of a partner do I see myself with? What kind of a partner do I want would, would be drawn to me? What, what is it that I'm going to be doing in my life that's going to attract the, the guy that's at the top of his game? A guy that's at the top of his game is going to want a woman at the top of her game. Alpha males want alpha females. Beta males, yeah. gumball guys, they need to be better than the girl because they're weak men. And, and once, we, once you really see how weak these guys are, they become really unattractive. Yeah. And oh, that's, I, I want to talk about that, alpha males, alpha females, because that's something that I never thought could fit together. Because um, I've been told that by this, this one gentleman uh, recently that I'm intimidating. And I was like, intimidating? I'm like one of the nicest people that you know. I constantly, I'll, I'll make them laugh and, and smile and things like that. But I'm like, how the heck am I intimidating? And it's because I think when you're so aligned with your purpose, but you're also, you're confident in yourself. You have so much respect for yourself. You have the boundaries of, I eat healthy. These are my times when I work out, when I, you know, when I take time to go see my friends. Mm -hmm. And you have these 
these are what's important to me blocks and, uh, and you're fulfilling your, your passion, your purpose, that it can definitely be intimidating to other people. So I guess, wh- what are some of the things that you wish that females who are, again, looking to enter into a relationship and they're still making those same mistakes of either bel- not belittling, but bringing themselves down and not coming, not showing up in their full, in their full potential when they go on dates, think about your, um, your client that you were saying that has the, uh, very high, high, high up job, um, with a, a huge company in the States. Um, when she presents on dates, like what are some of the things that she's doing to bring herself down so that she can be more attractive um, to the males, but it's not really working in her favor. Well, she's presenting as, um, she would say it as she goes, I I'm showing up as a, as the quote unquote dumb blonde. Because I feel like that's what is comfortable. But when you were talking, I was thinking how if you're intimidating, intimidating to who? To weak people, people that are not, they're not comfortable in themselves. So yes, you will be intimidating to people that are not rooted. So you're, you're, energy will blow them over. But if someone else is rooted, they could be completely different. Like the guy you end up with will likely be completely different than you, but the similarities will be, he's rooted. He has, he, he knows where he's going. He knows what he wants. He has self-respect. He has values that he sticks to. And so the very things that are intimidating to someone who is weak and not rooted are the, are the strengths that's, that are going to be attractive. But so when someone says you're intimidating, people have been telling me this my whole life. And so on dates, I would hide those things. And by hiding those things, I was attracting weaker men because I wasn't showing my strength. Had I shown my strength, I would have scared those away and only attracted those that were strong enough. Um, it's just like, I always use the example in, in a wolf pack, an alpha male wolf always chooses an alpha female because in the wild, they cannot afford to be weak as a pack. They have to have two strong parents and they co-parent their cubs and they raise alpha dogs. Everybody's an alpha. So some people think, well, you can't be an alpha male and alpha female. Yes, you can. There's feminine and masculine um, roles that I think every couple balances differently. You can meet one couple and she pays all the bills and he has the job or it's the reverse. He pays all the bills and has the job, but she runs the house and makes all the decisions because wherever we, we all have areas where we're just not, we, we just don't have a natural gift. So maybe one person manages money. The other person makes money. One person's really organized. The other person's really disorganized. Those are healthy couple balances where it doesn't mean one is weak. It just means that that that's how they can balance each other out. But the, there, when you, when you study couple dynamics, and this is what I want everyone to do, forget all of the dating advice. Dating advice is like, if we need dating advice, we're severely crippled as a society because all dating is, is conversation, getting to know people and being able to talk about ourselves, about their experiences. I mean, it, it gets down to basic mm-hmm. communication and are you attracted to that person or not? If you are, if you're attracted to them and you can communicate, these are the dating tips that you need. The rest is, is, 
is, it falls into place. There is no, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to drop a napkin on the floor and I'm going to be flirtatious and I'm going to show my leg. I mean, I just, I couldn't find any couples that did that. I was like, is this actually happening in real life? And it's not, couples are not meeting this way. And so when it gets down to it, the reality is so much different than Hollywood would like us to believe. And so if, and I will tell you the whole, the whole magical combination of all of this is do you have intimacy with someone when you have intimacy, you can be completely emotionally, physically naked and not have a feeling of judgment. So when girls want to go have sex with a guy and they're like, but Melissa, I know this guy might be a gumball guy, but I really need to have sex. It's like, well, you can have sex, but you're not going to have intimacy. You're not going to have closeness. So you're just going to have the physicality of the sex and then it's going to feel empty and cold. And as a woman, that's going to make, it's going to feel like rejection to you. And then you're going to cling to this guy and you're going to try to create intimacy after because it's what we naturally want. We want intimacy. We want closeness. We want the connection. And so when we don't have friendship with somebody, which is the, which is the root of intimacy. So if, if uh, intimacy was a, a flower, the root system would all be the branches that build friendship and friendship builds over time. And so as we're dating, that's what we should be doing is building friendship. And no one goes around on Mm -hmm. dating apps (laughs) looking for friends. You know what I mean? Like no one's in this big rush. Like I really need to meet my next best friend. I just, I'm like, I know that I'm going to meet them. Some, no one thinks about it like that. You know, it's like, we would sound weird. Like I really want to meet, but when there's romance, then it seems okay to have this urgency. Like, I know I want to meet the man that I love and I know he's just going to be around every corner. And so we become these little mini damsels in distress looking for this and longing for this. And why? Because we've put so much, we have put so much weight and emphasis on that bringing us happiness that we think that this one person is going to make me happy. So I'm going to desperately search for them. Meanwhile, you lose yourself in the process because we're really not supposed to be finding our identity and our happiness in another individual. We're supposed to be finding that first. And then as we live our lives and we, we take those steps toward our dreams, toward our goals, toward our interests, that when we're on the path that we are called to be on, the people that we meet in the process will eventually include your, your significant other, it will feather in. But it's like when we veer off that path looking for somebody because we want to drag them over to this road that we're on, it just, it doesn't work. And that's why half of marriages end in divorce because people don't know what they want. They don't even know what they're looking for. And they're hoping that this marriage and these kids that they'll have will, will complete the picture and it's just not the reality. And it's, it's sad. Hollywood has sold us a fake idea that that's what brings happiness when we're missing the whole rest of our lives and everything else we do that will bring 95% of the happiness. Not, not that the person you meet won't be part of that, but when we try to go out of the bounds, we try to rush it, we try to push timelines, that's when that's when we really start to feel depressed. We start to feel discouraged. We start to feel like failures because 
we aren't meeting these society's standards and we look at our next birthday. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be, you know, even girls that are your age are like, oh, I want to meet my, I want to be married by the time I'm 25. And so they're like nervous when they're 24. I mean, it doesn't even matter what age we are. We're always in the panic and we forget to design our lives first and really figure out what kind of a partner and what kind of a life, what kind of a life do I want to live? And in that life, what kind of person yeah. would, I, would complement that life the, the best of, of panic and looking for a partner. I'm like, what, what could you want less than finding someone who's in a panic frazzled state being like, I'm just looking for anybody. Anyone will do kind of thing. I just need to be married by that set age, 25, 24, whatever it be. But I think when, when we're panicking and when we're fretting and then when our minds switch to the, Oh, I don't have anyone. I, there's something wrong with me, right? I have to find someone regardless. You miss the process. And like I've been single for the last two and a half years and they have been glorious in terms of the amount that I've learned about myself. And, uh, and I actually name dropped you on my, uh, mm-hmm. to my therapist when I was there. Cause I, I, therapy is healing. It is incredible. <laughs> if no one, if anyone listening to the podcast hasn't already looked mm-hmm. into a good therapist, please do so. Um, but I've been with her for the last five years and the last two we've been spending going over relationships and, and kind of combing through the fears and the insecurities and all of the, the self-doubt and the lack of confidence that come through because of that. But I think that one of the things that you, you mentioned was if you're panicking, you're, you're definitely missing the process and what you're going through, but also cultivating, creating the life that you want to live. So that when you, when you find the partner, the person, your best friend, the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, they naturally fall into place. And of course you can't imagine the picture without them because they're kind of like the glue, right? They're the last binding to bring all of the pieces of the puzzle together. So they stay together. So they're a strong bond, but they're not bringing the entire, if you're thinking about it, an analogy of a puzzle, right? You're piecing together the borders in terms of what you want to bring, but they're not the centerpiece. They're mm-hmm. not the, Oh, this is what the picture looks like because then if something happens or they're out, you, you don't lose yourself entirely. I I like that analogy, but I want you to think of yourself as one complete puzzle with no pieces missing. And I want you to think of putting yourself against another puzzle also with no pieces missing. And those two puzzles come together. But I I feel like we need to see ourselves as two whole people. And you're a whole person and he's a whole person. And that your life can be just as meaningful without him ever coming into it. So what does life look like? Let's say, Lindsay, I tell you, look, you're never going to get married. A guy is not going to happen for you. What do you do with your life at that point? If you were like, oh, okay, well, that <laughs> yeah. totally sucks. Like, I didn't imagine that. But what would you do if that were the case? And how would you look at things differently? Because I say that because we put, again, there's, if we, if we will, if we look at ourselves, like there's something missing about us because we're missing our partner, then I still feel like there's this feeling of lack or feeling like I'm not yet enough. And so we have to see ourselves as one whole complete picture. I like that. He's not the centerpiece, but I, but here's the thing too, when that person comes in and they are the right person, then something magical can happen too, where that whole person brings an entire life, a lifestyle, a group of people. Just think of this for a second, like all their family, all of their friends, all of their connections, their business, what they do. When you have a guy that's really put together 
And he brings all of that to your life. And you are really put together and you bring all of your life to him. Now you have a dynamic duo. Now you have a power couple. Now you have two people that can operate completely independent from each other, but together it's a huge force. And so I want women and men because Mm -hmm. men have all the insecurities that we do. You know, they're not just sitting there like, hey, I'm an alpha dog standing on a hill waiting for this female to appear. No, they're in the struggle too. They're, they need to go to therapy. They're working on their issues with their dad or their mom. They're having struggles in their career. They're working on their own procrastination, their own eating habits. They're trying to prep their food and get their workout in. And everyone's in that struggle and in that fight all the same. And so we want to see ourselves as more of a team versus the guys on the, you know, waiting for you at the bachelorette finale, waiting to propose as if he's, you know, and they do it in both ways. Like the woman's on the pedestal, the man's on the pedestal, because it's like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I was just dating four men this week, but now it's just you, you know, it's like, and you're so special now. I mean, it's so ridiculous, but what do they do? They, all those people fall away. And then now we have the fairy tale and we all get that, that ending that we all love, which is, just it's it's really a fraud when you think about it but the re the real fairy tale is so great and when you really see a good couples that that do marriage really well it's like wow this is what it's all about right here you guys have got this down and that's what that's what I want to really help women see is that your life can be awesome single and when you meet somebody it can all it can be a different kind of awesome but you're never missing. Yeah, missing. There are no pieces of your puzzle missing. If, if you don't get married or if you're not dating, right? Or if you're not in a committed relationship. Yep. And it, it's interesting because as soon as you, is when you ask yes. that, you're like, well, what would you, what would you do if you, if marriage wasn't in the, in the cards for you? Right. And two years ago, I probably would have been like, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm still trying to figure out who I am. And now my answer is exactly what I'm doing now. And it's, it's a cool transition to watch in terms of your mentality mm-hmm. shift but also when you step into what you should be doing. And I think for, for me, relationships, they're incredible. Great. If you have a fantastic partner there, you learn so much, but I, I'm still looking for that, that partner, right. Or the, um, the, the other half essentially, or the other whole, my apologies, the other whole. Um, but I think that we, mm-hmm. Instagram, and I want to touch on, on the subject a little bit because, like I said, my my tribe is a little bit younger, so 20s to 40s or so, and I get this from a lot of girls that I'm coaching, and they're looking at the, the again, the rose, through the rose-colored glasses, they're looking at relationships, they're looking at people with perfect bodies, perfect lifestyles, perfect homes and everything, and they're like, well, if I don't have that, then it's not perfect or it's just not meant to be. So I guess what, when I... God, haven't we all learned from Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, um, uh, Jennifer Aniston, and yeah. Justin Throw are all single. <laughs> it's like, haven't we all learned from that? Like, you can have the beauty, the body, the brains, the fame, and it can all be gone. Um, so, 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 I'm sorry. I just was like, I just was thinking of that really as you were like, saying it. What was your question? Yeah, like, what, I haven't formulated what do I say to those women? That I want it to, but I guess I, I would love for you to touch on more of the fairy tales because we see it and I think that it's easy for 
us to to look at uh, someone else's life through a lens and then to step back and compare ourselves to it. And I, this happens a lot with with clients and they'll tell me personally and they'll say, you know, I'm like really struggling with comparing myself to other people right now because I look at my friends and they're all in committed relationships or actually, uh, yes, I will use an example of a client not using names, but um, she looks at her friends who are in committed relationships and she feels like something's wrong with her. Um, she's taking care of herself, but she finds that she can't struggle. Like she struggles with the connection piece of it. So I guess, what do you tell females who are really struggling mm-hmm. with the comparison game and feeling like it's, there's something wrong with them and that's why they haven't been in a relationship or just comparing themselves to the people around them? So first comparing yourself, everybody does it. I mean, we're all guilty, especially social media makes it so easy to compare but statistically, I always go back to the statistics, 70%, seven zero of couples are cheating mind. on each other, men and women. But it also brings up a really women big are fear. not. But yes, continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So three out of 10 aren't cheating. And I just said this on my podcast this is going to be like my new tagline. And three, three out of 10 are not cheating. And the happiest of happy marriages are having sex twice a week maybe i mean 10 10 like, times a month you said is this like in your last episode, five right? star like couple, 16 okay? minutes of bliss or so something along those lines is that what you're trying to get married to yes okay yeah so i mean the average the average sexual experience is two to eight minutes so you know if people are going longer <laughs> let's say you're going 15 let's say you're going 30 minutes let's say your whole you are like having mind-blowing like 30 minute long you know whatever so that could be that's one hour a week that's it but in reality it's 16 minutes a week for married couples that are you know if the average is i'm given two to eight i'm going all the way to eight minutes so i'm going to say double that 16 minutes of amazing sex if if it's even amazing so so we have but but healthy couples usually have healthy sex lives so if we have a healthy sex life at 16 to 30 minutes a week. We'll just, we'll just give it a little bit more time. Then, and then you ask, you ask these couples, do you have a lot of romance? And they'll be like, well, I mean, sometimes, yeah, but it's taking care of the kids, going to work, coming home. That's that I like, what's, what is the reality? So we can, we can look at Instagram photos, but we, we can take, our top 10 couples that we look at and know that seven out of 10 are cheating. They're texting somebody else. They're talking to somebody on Facebook messenger. They're Snapchatting. I mean, when we can really see what these people are doing and why are they doing that? Because they don't know who they are. They're not happy. They're bored. That's usually what people will say. And, and I used to hear this thing. Well, it's usually not for physical. People are cheating because if it's an emotional need. It's like, yeah, what's the emotional need? The emotional need is I feel bad about myself. I want to feel better. I want to go find a gumball. A lot of these people are cheating just by texting somebody going, hey, yeah, I still got it. Like it feels good. It feels good to be wanted. It feels good to be needed. It feels good to be desired. So yeah, it's, they're getting that reassurance. And so they're going outside their relationship to get that reassurance because they don't know who they are. And they don't have enough confidence. So if you are comparing yourself with other relationships, your confidence is low. If you're comparing yourself to other people on Instagram, your confidence in yourself is low. You're not seeing yourself for who you need to see yourself because you're never going to be anybody but you. 
So by the very admission of doing that means you're not ready to be partnered up with someone because that partner is not going to reassure you of all of those things that you're comparing. You will be married to that person still on Instagram looking at those same people. So we have to fix that problem first before we go out and find somebody. But people think that the cure is the fairy tale, but the cure or the fairy tale isn't even real. Because if you break down the dynamics and the Gottman Institute does this perfectly, thank God, because it's a whole nother thing. And I, I just refer people to the Gottman Institute because they have 30 years of research. They've studied couples. They've hooked them up to electrodes. They've even tested their urine to look at their body composition and their chemical makeup to understand what are, what's changing, what's good, what makes happy couples happy. And one thing that they do tell you, and I think this is a perfect quick example. Right now I'm looking out my window to the East River. And he used this example of looking out. And I can see boats out in the water right now. And if I were to have my significant other, and he uses this example, couple number one, man looks out the window and says, oh, honey, look at that boat out there. The, um, the, if the wife says, I'm sorry, the wife says, look at this boat out here. Man number one doesn't even respond. And we all know that guy. Oh, look at that boat out there. Doesn't even say anything. Man number two. Oh, look at this boat out there. Oh, uh-huh. He makes a slight gesture to acknowledge. Man number three. Oh, that is a cool boat. We should go out on a boat ride sometime. That would be fun. Man number three is the winner. And they call that turning toward. The person who turns toward you. The person who acknowledges you. The person that's connecting with you, what you're saying, what's meaningful to you, that is, and he said that happy couples do that. I need to get this number right. It's like basically six times out of seven, it's around that number. They will do that where one time they might do that, uh, but most of the time, like 90% of the time, the good couples turn toward each other. They acknowledge each other. They are present with each other. They're taking an interest. They're taking an interest in each other's lives. They're taking an interest in what the person is saying, their ideas, because they actually care. They connect. They are, they are really um, on the same frequency as their significant other. That's, that should be the real fairy tale. That should be what I wish so badly we could make the prince and Cinderella, who we don't even know the guy's name, by the way. It's like, we don't even know the dude's name in Cinderella, which is like so crazy to me. I wish we could have seen them have a conversation because Cinderella was ignored by her stepsister. She was ignored by her stepmother. And if she met a man who paid attention when she spoke and paid attention to what she wanted to do and what were her dreams in the kingdom of wherever they were, like if they at least could show that little girls could go, Oh, The guy that is right for me pays attention when I speak and cares about what I care about. And I care about what he cares about. And it's not about being swept off my feet. It's about meeting my equal. That's what it's about. And, And if we can get this idea out of our head, that amazing, like, do you ever follow a skinny confidential? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like they have like, they look like Barbie and Ken and they have, they look like they have this perfect Instagram life, but in their podcast, you hear the reality of their relationship 
and they share when they fight, they share the dynamics, they share what they work on. So you get to hear and see both sides. That's a couple that does the work. They read the books, they go to the therapy sessions. So they show the inside. Now they could just show the outside, but they show the inside that they are mm -hmm. true friends and they make this Instagrammy beautiful lifestyle work but they've done the foundational work and they continue to do the work. That's what we need to be looking for. Is this a person that's going to see that a relationship isn't just I do and then it's all downhill? No, this is a, pro this is a work in progress because we're all going to evolve and change and we have to be with a person that understands that that's an evolution and that it's not just a one and done and we're married and we found because just because you find the person that understands you doesn't mean that you're not going to evolve and change. And so we always have to be working at it, just like we're working at our health, we're working at our fitness, we're working at, okay, now I'm bored with this, I want to change that. It's the same thing in a relationship. And so if we're not, if we're not dynamic, meaning, you know, the difference between like static and dynamic, like a dy dynamic isn't ever changing. So we want to always be exploring different interests, different hobbies, and being, being able to bring excitement and change. And um, that, uh, that, that's what's going to keep that spark alive. But if we show up a sad girl waiting for her phone or waiting for that date, and I've been that girl too, where you were saying you put your vacation on hold or you stayed your vacation for two and a half weeks, because we're doing that because we think that that guy represents a lifetime of stuff and he doesn't, he doesn't, he is not a lifetime of happiness. That one guy can't bring all of that. We're putting too much pressure on one guy to do one thing. We need to look at and go, well, what does he do today? If he doesn't show up today, if he doesn't have enough intestinal fortitude to pick up a phone, make a call, text a girl, ask her out, plan a date, show up again and again and again and again, because that's who he is. That's what his, his honor system makes him do. Not that he, he's not playing any games. It's like, I'm the kind of guy that shows up because that's who I am. And no, no girl has to lecture me to do that. That's just who I am. That's the kind of guy and the kind of morals and the values that we're looking for. I love that intestinal fortitude. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for somebody you got, there's got, there are guys out there that have this grit, but they're not going to be the, how you doing? <laughs> they're not yeah. that guy. You know, they're not Joey yeah. Tribbiani. They are not. So that's where you have to, we have to let go of some of our, the fairy tale dream is also letting go of the guy that hits on you. Yeah. That hits on you is probably well, not the guy that's, that's going to marry you. And I, I see this at the gym frequently is gumball girls who are looking for attention, the way that they dress, the way that they work out, the, the way that they're looking around when they're working out to see who is giving them attention, because that's mm -hmm. just a, again, they're getting a visual gumball. Essentially, they're, they're getting that validation. Mm -hmm. of, oh, I'm wanted. I'm attractive. I'm sexy. I'm going to get hit on by all the guys. I see it time and time again. And uh, that puts us in the position of this is goes back to your example of being the gumball girl. Are you looking for the next hit? And when guys are hitting on you, whether that be in the gym or outside or at a bar or whatnot, are you just waiting for that hit, even though you're not ready for a kind of relationship or you know that he is not the one for you? Yeah, because when let's say you do look cute at the gym and you are waiting for that guy to come up to you when he comes up to you and he talks to you, 
usually both people don't have a lot to talk about. How's you know, going? it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, how, how you, and it's like, how are you doing? You're pretty cute. No, you're pretty cute. You know, you're schmoopy. No, you're schmoopy. Yeah. It just turns into this cutesy little text <laughs> conversation. I used to call my little sister out when she was Aww. dating in high school and I'd be like, okay, so do you guys really know each other? And she'd be like, she'd be all excited about some guy. I'm like, so if I were to take your phone and ask him three questions, would he know that you like to fish? Would he know that you're a cheerleader? Would he know um, that you are, uh, that you play the guitar? Does he know any of those things? She's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so what <laughs> well, are you talking you about? You make me laugh because I, so when I'm in school, I stay with three girls in an Airbnb. And I came home uh, late the one night and they were like, where were you? And I, I said I was out on a date. And they immediately jumped into, what does he do? Uh, what does he like? What are his interests? Things like that. And jumped right in there. I was able to answer all of them, which is great. But it sparked an interest in me and being like, oh, some of the past relationships that I've had, they knew nothing about me. None of my interests, none of my favorite foods, things like that. They couldn't tell you anything about me. It was just, again, I like your words, schmoopy doopy. Um, and it's the best way to describe <laughs> it, though. Yeah, that's from... Way be way past your time, a Seinfeld episode where Jerry Seinfeld was dating this girl, and they were all so disgusted because they were calling each other schmoopy. No, you're schmoopy. No, you're schmoopy. And they were all like, this is so disgusting. But yeah, a lot of relationships are just schmoopy, schmoopy. There's no content. And so, but schmoopy is fun. It feels good. It's very... um you know, it, if, if we are looking for romance, you'll get it with a gumball guy. And he'll be amazing for a few dates, if that. Some of them are only good for one great date. They'll take you on one great date. And then the next one is sort of okay. And then it turns into, hey, do you want to come over? Or he doesn't text. And it just, it just, it just fizzles because they don't, they don't have a life. They don't know what to do next. A lot of times these guys just were sitting there like, why isn't he calling me back? It's like, because he doesn't really know what to do now. Because he doesn't have enough going on in his life. And he, he's trying to play a game too. He's trying to be cool. And because he doesn't know how to be himself. So if he goes out with you again, he's going to feel stupid. So then he, guys figure out the insecure guys. They figure out how to mm-hmm. stretch this out. And, and manipulate the insecure girls that will then begin to chase a guy that they don't even know that puts they them like. In a power position. I mean, we're chasing a lot of, yeah, puts them in a power position. And then he can sit back and take in those gumballs and get that attention. And that's, I think a lot of times that creates the addiction in that where then they get all these girls chasing them, but they never really give themselves a chance to be seen and be heard and be vulnerable. And then it starts a pattern that they never, they never let go of. And it's not the girl's fault, but it's just something that happens because of fear, fear of being seen. It just goes over and over and over again until you finally realize you need to get out of it and you need to escape because it's not a healthy relationship. Right. And yes, and I mentioned this earlier too, because uh, I said I've been single for two and a half years, but something that I've realized is that all of my friends are in, well, with the exception of maybe one or two are in serious committed relationships. And I think it's beautiful because I, I might be the only single one in the group, but I have the best people to learn from. And uh, 
And one of the girls mm-hmm. that I respect the most, she's, I think, two years older than me. And she's been with the same guy from high school for seven years now. And talk about a partnership, mm-hmm. talk about best friends, talk about someone who is interested in their health and well-being. And they work out together. And I have so much respect for them. But to see how they've grown over the last number of years and they've, they've done it together without having that division or having like that, that kindling kind of run out in their relationship. I think it's beautiful. And when mm-hmm. I asked another one of my friends, um, it's a, a good buddy of mine who is also in like the health and wellness space. Uh, he said that the past relationship he was in was always a roller coaster ride. And it was typically the girl that created the drama of something's wrong or are you okay or you don't love you enough or it came from all of these insecure um, attachment styles. Have you, have you read the book Attached? Mm-hmm. I haven't, but I'm very familiar with the insecure attachment yeah. style so I know what you're referencing recommended it. I think I've read it three or four times now it's incredible and I definitely I recognize the, the mm. attachment style that I am but it goes back to again those girls being like what's wrong and they're, they're trying to nitpick the relationship to to get more out of it or to to rekindle that spark or something so that there's there's either the gumballs coming back in or there's something that they can hang on to something that gets them excited or just brings a bit more zest back into it and he said that the relationship with his girlfriend now is just like a slow kindling burning fire that never dies. And I loved, mm, I, love I, that. I thought about it. I was like, that is beautiful because it's, it just shows that that partnership, but also they, they're two of the strongest people that I know physically, mentally, but um, brilliant. And it's, they're a power couple. And I look at them and I'm like, that's what I want. Just got to find like the other power. Yes. But I think that it's, it's amazing to be in a position where you can learn from those around you who are in committed relationships, but I can also look at them and I can, I can spend time with them alone and I can see how strong each of them is alone. But when I see them together, I'm like, watch out. Fireworks are happening behind you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a, it's a beautiful example. Uh, I love that slow mm-hmm. burning fire that never, it's like, it's, it's because it, to keep a fire burning, at a nice, even temperature. And even uh, when you think about a flame, it's not burning high, it's not burning low, it's just that perfect. People have to be adding kindling to that little by little. And it's, and it's slow, right? If you add it too much, it's going to make that fire be too high and too hot. So it's the little things. And this is what the Gottman Institute describes so well. It's just those little things every single day that that really add up. Like some couples would be like, um, I interviewed a couple on my podcast where he's like, I know I give her flowers every single week and she is another ballroom dancer. And let me tell you ballroom (laughs) dancing. I love it. I can sit there all day and watch competitions, but if you don't like it, it could be one of the most boring things that you do because it's just the cha-cha, the samba, the pasa doble. I mean, it's just same dances over and over again, different classes, different heats. And if you don't know what's going on, it's like, you know, and if you're not a dancer, (laughs) it would be brutal. But her husband sticks with her. And I'm always like, wow, you stayed at the comp the whole day. And he brings the dog and and he's not like some weak guy. He's a very like Mm -hmm. macho guy, but he knows how important it is to her. He supports her. He loves the team. He loves the other dancers. I mean, he just gets into it because it's part of her world. And so those are those things and and competitions aren't all the time, although she does, she does do them pretty often, but, um, but it's like, you know, maybe every couple of months that they're doing a competition, it'll be a couple of days. And she knows that she can just depend on him to be there for her. And this is what I feel like 
the girls that are dressed up at the gym looking for the guy to hit on them, I have a huge heart for that girl because I know what that feels like. It, even if she has the greatest body, she still doesn't feel and she doesn't know how beautiful yeah. she is. That's, that's the part that's the tragedy in that girl. She doesn't know how beautiful she is and she doesn't understand the incredible gifts and qualities that she has in her and that she doesn't have to sit and wait or stand around. She can just go at the pace that she wants to live her life and she deserves to have the freedom to do it, but she's stuck and in the panic. She's in that panic thinking that she has to make it happen in a certain amount of time. And so, yeah, I think it's really understanding it's, it's hard to get to where your friends are because the friends that you have, it sounds like they met when they were young and they may or may not have healthy parents. Just out of curiosity, did they come from parents with healthy marriages? Yeah, most of them. Um, a couple of them didn't, but the bulk of them did. Yeah. Okay. So that's where my whole concept, I want to level that playing field because if you have healthy parents that showed you steady, they showed, they saw that example of that steady burning fire where there weren't, there weren't any roller coasters. So for them, that kind of relationship feels and looks normal for them. Being together is like coming home. My, my little cousin who was married and had her first baby, she met her husband in high school and they dated all through high school and all through college. And they are totally that kind of couple. And they grew together and matured together. And they both are just, they're just a really great couple. And I remember telling her um, when she was like out of college, you know, I said, I said, Jelana, do not ever let anyone tell you that you should date around because it doesn't get better than Derek. Okay. So I said, understand that you can date around a thousand guys and you may never find a Derek again. And she just saw her eyes were just huge. And she was like, I know he is pretty great. And then her sister goes, and if you let go of Derek, we're going to disown you and keep him in the family. (laughs) So yeah, it was just, they, and that's the other thing, the right people fit in your family. They fit in your life. You know what I mean? Like people that love you will love the the person that fits with you because they'll be like, oh yeah, they, whenever anyone I love meet someone and I meet that person, I'm always like, you know, I'm, you're kind of nervous. Like, oh man, I hope this person is great. But when I see like my cousins uh, over the years when they met their husbands, I would watch her with him and I would think, yep, she's totally herself Mm -hmm. with him and she's completely free. And even my little sister, I met her in big brothers, big sisters when she was 12. And I was just coming up with gumball love back then. And helping her navigate all those boys through high school. And we just kept veering back to this one guy. And I was like, what about this Cody guy? What about this girl? Cody was mm-hmm. her friend and he wasn't trying to date her all the time. He just kept being there for her. He was just the steady guy. And she kind of had to date her gumball guys. And then she came back to Cody and they're getting married uh, oh. next year. So I know. And they had, they had their first baby. I know they have, they've had, so I've had, uh, I've gotten to see already a, a first a first time child born out of seeing like I consider her 
one of my first success couples of teaching this. She was one of my first students. I was always telling her about this concept and looking for healthy things. And then there's this beautiful child being born into healthy love where they love each other. He loves her so much and is so good to her. Like her calmness and confidence in herself. She feels like she can do anything she wants to do in her career. She can change her mind. She knows she's supported and there's not a fear of, you know, doing anything risky or, you know what I'm saying? She's just free. She can say, Oh, I want to try this. Or maybe I want to leave this job and do something else. And he's just right there as her support system. And that's, that's what I want for all of my girls. And that's, that is the goal. The goal is to really shine the light on the wonderful men that are out there and get us to see those guys. Like we need to really pay attention to that guy who might seem kind of boring at first, but he's actually the most interesting because he's going to pay attention to your whole conversation all through dinner and really be interested in what you're saying and not be trying to get the focus back on him or get you to be romantic or get you to look at him all googly eyed. Like he's actually going to be really paying attention to you. And in order for us to find that, we have to be really paying attention to ourselves. We have to give ourselves that same love and go, wait a minute, am I really doing this for me? Am I paying attention to what I like? Am I even observing my own little whispers of an interest here? Or maybe I want to play the piano and I haven't taken lessons, or maybe I want to take a pottery class, or maybe I'm interested in wine and cheese right now, or maybe I want to write a play or I want to take ballet or, you know what? I don't know, but there's all these little things that are just in us that we are afraid to do because of what that guy might think. But if we just do them all, the guy that really is meant for us, well, that's, that's going to be what attracts that right man to you is all of those things in full bloom. I love that. You just made me think back to, I had a friend of mine who asked me like, well, like, what if you just start dating this a couple of years ago? And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I haven't done what I wanted to do. And that's because in, in my business, I wanted to make sure that I was doing all of the things that I could dream of so that when the guy comes around, I wasn't too nervous or too intimidated to, to start them because I was, I didn't want to embarrass him or I didn't want him to, to think less of me by podcasting or interviewing or be it whatever it is. Um, but yes, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. It's because you want to make sure that you're doing the things that are going to fuel you now so that when your partner does roll around, you're not belittling yourself to, to worry about what they're thinking of you when you do it. They're just going to be the, the husband who's showing up at ballet or um, ballroom dancing class with your dog watching because he mm-hmm. wants to be so supportive. <laughs> I love that. I hope that I find a hunk that if I take up ballroom dancing that you will be there with green smoothies in hand to fuel the girls in between sessions. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, the, the guy for you will love your podcast. You know what I mean? Like the guy that I, I want everybody listening to imagine, we'll just imagine it for you. Okay. So you, Lindsay, there is a guy that is looking for a girl who is health conscious that cares about other people, that wants to help other people live their best lives, eat the best food, work out, see themselves with their best image, and is 
willing to put herself out there and take risks and start things like a podcast, there's a guy looking for a girl because those qualities in you represent, it's not just about a podcast. There's a motivation behind the podcast and people that are rooted and comfortable in their own skin, they can see those kinds of qualities in other people. Just like I can see them in you. I know, I know why you're doing the podcast. Yeah, because you you know you want to help people, and it's very obvious who wants to help people and who's trying to do it for other reasons. And those kinds of people, we get grossed mm-hmm. out by listening to them because we can feel it. We can yeah. sense, you know, there's just like I don't know, this person kind of grosses me out for some reason. I don't know why. It's probably because their intentions aren't authentic. So people are looking. Authentic people are looking for other authentic people, and when they find them and they know the value of it, they want to see someone expressing themselves. I want to see a guy that's expressing himself. I'm not looking for some guy that's, you know, just going to work and coming home and watching Netflix and not doing anything with his life. Like I want to see some, some uh, expression of personality, some interests. And, and even if I don't agree with everything, it still makes them interesting. This is what makes you interesting. This is what makes you exciting to go on a date with interesting to talk to. These are the things that are so valuable but we have to be dating the men that find these valuable. And when we're on a date with somebody who doesn't put a value on it, that's when we get discouraged because we feel like we need to hide it. The opposite should be the case. Like, oh, this guy saw something of value and then he changed the subject to something stupid about him multiple times through the conversation. We need to be like, yep, that's a guy who isn't grown up yet. Not for me. Next. And where we don't even consider there's anything wrong with us. Yeah. That's the point you have to get where it's like, okay, there could be 10 things wrong with me to certain people, but I, I have to be, I have to be comfortable with me. And, it, and it, it's, I've, I think this is a forever work in progress. I don't think anybody gets to a point where they're like, yep, I'm hundred percent comfortable in my own skin and I don't have any insecurities. I don't think that's the case, but you know, a great example Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. Tom Brady makes a lot of money, but guess who makes twice as much? <laughs> Giselle. So even though he's making 50 million, or I think I saw 70 million, I think she makes like a hundred and I think she makes over a hundred million a year as a supermodel. So what is that like? I mean, in their world, she still makes double. He can win the Super Bowl and she can pose for a magazine and make yeah. double. I mean, it's like it's kind of crazy when you think about it, but she's an alpha female and he's an alpha male and they look like they have an amazing marriage. You know, who knows, who knows what behind the scenes, but it's just an example of Giselle could have felt like, Oh man, you know, I don't know if I can find somebody that can handle my level of success. No, she just found somebody. And and actually she ended up ending her relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio. She just did a interview recently where she said, you know, I just got to the point where I was sick of drinking and smoking pot all day. And unfortunately, my partner at the time didn't feel that way. And so I had to end the relationship because Leonardo DiCaprio was drinking and smoking pot all day and like wasting the day where she wanted to do and grow and be a better person. And he didn't grow with her. So that's what ended the Leo and Giselle relationship. So even at that level, it doesn't even matter. It's still the same exact struggles the same exact mindsets that have to come together and 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 look at the two together i mean tom brady cannot eat unhealthy 
He has to work out. He has to train regularly. He has to be focused. I mean, he has to throw the winning pass at a Super Bowl. I mean, just think of the, the weight and the gravity. So his whole lifestyle has to be top of his game. And she also, you cannot be on the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and be, you know, eating Burger King every day. Like they have to hold themselves to a high standard and they do it dynamically perfectly as a couple. And so we can find examples in real life, examples in celebrities. And there are good celebrity couples out there that are open, like uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. They've been really open about their relationship and um, talking about my husband is not responsible for my happiness. I mean, that's a huge theme. Like women get into marriages 10 years down. They're like, wow, I, I really thought my husband was supposed to make me happy. And I'd get mad at him that he wasn't making me happy. And they learn in therapy. Guess what? Your husband is supposed to be making you happy. You make you happy. And then they have to learn that in the marriage. And it puts amazing amounts of stress and pressure on the marriage. So if we want to be really happily ever after, the best thing we can do is make sure that we get happy before we get married so that we have amazing we, we have amazing relationships that are not going to be burdened or we know, Ooh, you know, I have been kind of feeling bad about myself and I see, I need to go explore that hobby or like if, if it were me, I'd be like, yeah, I haven't danced in a while. So I sure probably go dancing and I haven't really read a book that's inspiring. So I need to do that or I haven't challenged myself lately. That's how I make myself happy right now. So if I get down, I know how to resolve it. But if I were looking to somebody else to fill that void, then all of a sudden they have to let go of things in their life to fix me. And it just, you can't do that to people. It's too much pressure. So when you really start to understand that, you're like, oh, so dating apps and, you know, I had a girl, she's like, Melissa, my neighbor, she's like, I've been following you on Instagram and I'm going through a divorce. I need to know what's new in dating. And I'm like, there's nothing new in dating. That's the wrong question. You know, they think that, oh, I got to learn all these tips and tricks. There are no tips and tricks. There are no no secrets. It's, there's no games. It's just like you, you focus on healthy eating, right? Is there any, is there any gimmick or trick to it? Yeah. It's like little shakes here and there. No, it's, it's a lifestyle. (laughs) And I think you've wrapped up this entire episode so beautifully because it was funny because I was, there was a question I was going to ask you. It was if, if a girl was listening and she was looking to, again, step into a healthy relationship, take time for herself and to better herself and make sure that she's really ready before she steps into that position, what would you tell her? And you answered that. And then usually what I ask people is if they could leave people with one, again, a golden nugget, words of wisdom or a quote or a mantra or an affirmation they live by, what would it be? And before you go, I want to say that two things that I've learned from today is first off, find a relationship that the conversation never ends because that's, that's beautiful. You never have to think about what you're going to say next or what topic you have to kind of touch on because it just, it just keeps rolling, right? This fluid stream of just water just Mm -hmm. keeps pouring out. Um, and then the second is the fire that never stops burning, right? That, that passion that continues to stay stoked, Mm -hmm. um, like a warm, cozy winter night by the fire with your loved one. Mm. I love that. Okay. So to summarize everything, because this episode has been more than what I could possibly imagine. You have been super generous with your time. We are going on like an hour and a half right now, almost. 
if you factor in all of our techie mistakes on my end. But (laughs) if you were to to leave our listeners with just one message, one hope, uh, one dream for them or something that you want them to know, what would that be? Oh, so much pressure on one question. You you stated this beautifully already, but. You know, I think it's just that you are okay just being you. And my favorite quote is Henry David Thoreau, go confidently in the direction of your Mm -hmm. dreams and live the life you have imagined and be courageous enough to live the life that you've always imagined yourself living. And if that means like my, my podcast producer just left New Jersey and moved to Saigon in (sighs) Vietnam and she's starting her own podcast and she's been in Vietnam for a year and she loves it there. And it was a huge risk, but now she's a completely different person. I shouldn't say a different person, but her, her view and her, her perspective is so shifted because she made that choice. And had I not gone to New York city, I would be so different. I would be my perspective, my, my entire way of my entire lifestyle would be so different. And I know how I felt before I made the decision. I know how I feel now and I know how different all of my needs and desires and hopes and dreams have all changed because I took that risk. So I just want to want everyone to do those things. Don't get so focused on some guy, you know, he's just a dude. I I put that on Instagram. (laughs) He's just a dude, you know, you're just a chick. We're just people. And if you think about it that way and you take them off the pedestal, we take ourselves to the pedestal. Hey, we're just, we're, I'm just a dude and a chick. We're just going to, maybe we'll meet together and we'll be able to, to work this out as a team. But for right now, you do your part, you do your life, figure out what makes you happy, really figure yeah. out what makes you happy. That's, that's our biggest goal. And consider yourself extraordinarily blessed that you have the time, the, the freedom to figure out what makes you happy, that you're not living in an oppressed state. You're not living without food and water. You're not living without a shower. You can go get a Starbucks there with your beautiful thousand dollar smartphone and with a journal and like write it all out. Like we're, we're so fortunate to even have these things. So if you're not, if you're not suffering from any sickness, from any cancer, your family is healthy. I mean, there's just so many things that can potentially go wrong that if we have the, 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 the fortunate circumstances to live such extraordinary lives that we need to think about that first and that life on earth is, is, is a, is a vapor. It's, it's so fast. So when we focus on things that we think might make us happy and we walk around sad, we're missing our whole lives. Our lives are going past us and we need to just like, it's like a train going, get Mm -hmm. on that train, Mm -hmm. get on there. Stop waiting. Stop waiting for somebody else to come along, get on there you know, you never know where that, where the stops will, will come and what's going to happen. The adventure, um, my, I'll leave with my, my next favorite quote is let the spirit of adventure set the tone, make it an adventure. You know, that should be the, what sets the tone and then everything else will fall into place. We, we have to have faith because the Bible says faith is being sure of things hoped for and certain of what we do not see. You have to be certain that that ideal person, that teammate, your alpha dog, your alpha male, that, that, that guy that's going to be that slow burning fire, he's mm-hmm. there. He's, you're going to meet him. So proceed as if. And let, and let, let the timing yeah. 
happen naturally. Trust in the timing. Yeah. And then you're in such a beautiful place to meet somebody. You're not standing there waiting for some guy to hopefully talk to you at the gym. You're in your workout. And you know what? You'll probably, you're more likely to meet him with sweat dripping (laughs) off your face, totally listening to a podcast. (laughs) You know, that's the kind of guy that will probably, the kind of guy that approaches you in that circumstance is probably much better Mm -hmm. of a person than the guy that's, you know, approaching you with your hair blown out and your makeup done. And, you know, you're standing there looking all cute in your Lululemon outfit, Mm -hmm. like, you know, but if you've ever done it, I think we've all done it <laughs> at some point. We've all gotten cute for the gym. Yep. You know, like we've all been that girl too. We've, we're all different. I've been every version of this girl and I, and I totally understand because sometimes she looks like a bimbo, but she's really not, you know, she's just, she's just a girl that wants love and, and she's just on, on her journey to figure it out. So if you are at the gym looking cute aside from that I really think we should look cute at the gym I hate looking gross at the yep. gym <laughs> I haven't I haven't figured out how to look cute after steaming though it's like I hide after the steam because all the makeup comes off my face is red my hair's wet it's like there ain't no looking cute after the steam <laughs> but yeah I think to you know look nice when you go to the gym I, I hate looking gross in the mirror but I'm doing it oh, for yeah. myself you know what I mean like that's when you're like I'm looking cute because when I look at myself I want to feel good about my workout and I don't want to be in an outfit that makes me feel fat or, you know, like it's not complimenting my body. Like you, you want to shift those mindsets too. I'm so, still trying to figure out how to look um, but, cute after swimming. It looks like an octopus tack my face and my goggles come <laughs> off. I'm like, oh, no one look at me. And I, I did that yesterday too because I did that go to the gym afterwards. And anyone walking in the doors, I all of a sudden I just had this spontaneous itch on my eyebrows that covered both my eyes and I was looking down. <laughs> So it worked to get me out. That is funny. Well, Lindsay, I feel like you are well on your way. If I was, I so wish I had had this message at 21 years old, like how fortunate you are and just keep passing the message because you have nothing to worry about. Just keep being you, keep being confident, keep doing your thing. And the only people that that you want to associate with are the ones that are not intimidated by you. The ones that are inspired and invigorated by yeah. you. Those are the ones that you really want to spend your time around and the others will just watch, watch your life watch unfold and yeah. they'll be the ones ask. Yep. And they'll be asking you for oh, advice yeah. later. And it's, it brings, it brings up that quote in my, in my mind as um, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And, uh, and I want to yep. flip the, flip the tables and say, Yes, I'm super fortunate to learn this at my age, but I'm also super fortunate to have you guys as leaders and role models and teachers to learn from. Because if it wasn't for you guys, I'd be making mistake after mistake after mistake and spending years learning that they're a gumball guy, wondering why it didn't work. Right? And and mm, yeah, well, thank incredible. you. Where can everyone find more of you? I am a huge fan of your Instagram, but you also have an amazing podcast, but you also have the Academy. Yeah, so you can find everything at gumballlove.com. And I'm the Melissa Ledger on Instagram. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-L-E-G-E-R. If you have questions, you can email me, Melissa at gumballlove.com. And I have a private Facebook group. So if you want to join that group, if you have stuff that you don't really want to publish on social media, you can join the private group. And then I do have a ongoing academy where you can jump in and do a four-week course where we do weekly group 
session, uh, group coaching. So we meet once a week and that group has become my dream. I am so proud of the girls in this group because they are so encouraging to each other. They're all at different stages. One of the girls just said, we're all at different stages, but we are all so encouraging. And it's just such a beautiful thing that's come together because at the end of the day, we need community to help us through these things. It's, it's not going to be a one podcast thing. We need help with all of the nuances that come with meeting the new guy and going through the breakup and healing from those pains. And so I created an academy where you have uh, audios and videos that help you through it along with the weekly coaching. And then I do a one-on-one coaching with all my girls to stay with them, to help them through this journey and ultimately get you to where you you feel like, okay, I'm, I feel good about this. I have the tools that I need because I want them to feel just like your friends do that have that slow burning fire. Mm-hmm. I want to level that playing field. So even if they didn't have a perfect upbringing, like I didn't have a perfect upbringing, I did not have my parents divorced early. It was, it was very messy. And I, I used to envy the girls that had that secure attachment to their parents and that healthy relationship. And so this knowledge will level that out so you can heal and get to that place emotionally where then you are ready for that healthy guy and healthy relationship. And you're not looking for that roller coaster where you're able to just be calm, be yourself and, and go on the journey, just like we've discussed. So uh, that's my goal for, for all my girls that I work you with. Have, so, yeah. Uh, you have just so, yeah. beautifully summarized everything in this episode. And I am so, so thankful for, for you, for Gumball Love, for your message, for your amazing analogies, your stories, but also how interactive you are on social media and the lives that you offer, but the support and the community that you're building. And I, I tell you this all the time, or, and I've told you this many times in the episode, but I think the world of you and, uh, and I cannot wait to, to share more of your message with my tribe, my community, so that they know what gumball love is, so they can avoid making all of the fun dating mistakes, but also uh, sacrificing <laughs> them themselves in the process to find what they hope is going to be their other half when really they need to be a complete whole first. Thank you thank so you, much, you. Lindsay. It's been such uh, a pleasure. A huge shout out to today's sponsor, Love Good Fats, a Toronto-based company that specializes in making rapper-looking-worthy keto bars packed with healthy fats, clean protein, and a whole lot of fiber. If you're addicted to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, their chocolate peanut butter will be your new favorite go-to snack. With flavors ranging from mint chocolate to peanut butter, dark chocolate almond, coconut chocolate chip, peanut butter and jelly, and chocolate chip cookie dough, they have a flavor for everyone. The best part about Love Good Fats? Each bar contains less than two grams of sugar and an average of four to five net carbs. Hello, keto-friendly bars. So yes, you can eat healthy and have your chocolate too. And to sweeten the deal, all bars are free from soy, sugar alcohols, and gluten. Order your bars online today at lovegoodfats.ca and use the discount code Lindsay1234 for 20% off your order. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. Leave us a review or rating on iTunes or email us directly at lindsay at lindsaymustard.com. If you're ready for more and you're looking to supercharge your health and finally tackle 
all of the health goals you set for yourself back in the new year, don't miss out on your chance to book a free 20-minute nutrition coaching discovering call with me, Lindsay. I've opened up a limited number of spots in my calendar to connect with the individuals who are ready to jump in with both feet to create nutritional habits that'll last a lifetime. There'll be no more worrying about weight loss or why you're constantly bloated, tired, or struggling with mood swings. If you've ever wondered what private nutrition coaching has to offer, this is your time. Click the link in the show notes to schedule a free call with me, Miss Mustard, and leave with the clarity, confidence, and coaching plan that is tailored to your individual needs to take your health to the next level. Healthy doesn't have to be hard, and I'm here to show you how to make it happen. And maybe to convince you to like kale along the way. Spots are limited, so book your call now by clicking the link in the show notes below. As always, if you're looking for one bowl wonder healthy recipes and nutrition tips that don't require you to break the bank, you can find that and much more on my Instagram page at Lindsay Mustard or on my website, lindsaymustard.com. As always, stay rad friends and eat your greens. <laughs>